Alright guys, welcome back to another Bite of D&D podcast. This is Micah, and as always, I've got my co-host Zach sitting across from me. And today we are going to talk about something that is probably used very little in most of your games, and that is going to be the Purple Dragon Knight and kind of what exactly role they fill, because most people looking at this class are not going to find what maybe they expected when they uh, look at the name. Yeah, so you'll first have to have a copy or check online for um, the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. That's where you'll find the Purple Dragon Knight. It's kind of tucked in there along with some monk subclasses and a few other things, a few paladin subclasses and whatnot. But I think all of the others for all the other classes get their moment to shine in, in most games or campaigns. But I think that this Purple Dragon Knight falls by the wayside a lot. And I think, unfortunately, it's largely because they chose to add such a unique setting-based name for its description, the Purple Dragon Knight. Micah, what do you think about, what was your first impression when you pull up the Purple Dragon Knight as a class and you're flipping through it for the first time? Uh, When I first saw it, I mean, with Purple Dragon Knight in the name and not being familiar with kind of the Sword Coast. I assumed it would be, you know, something dragon-related, dragon-themed, similar to how the Draconic Bloodline is for the Sorcerer, and they start to to get some of those traits. And I I was not expecting what's presented at all. Very, very much a curveball. So... I would describe the Purple Dragon Knight as the fighter template, the fighter archetype for those players who really want to be a team player. I think I would say that mostly what it does is it takes the fighter's base abilities, its uh, second win feature, its action surge feature, and it you get those, but along with those uh, abilities, one, when you use them, you pass along some of that power to um, your allies around you. Is that kind of what your impression too? Is that it's a team-based thing, or what is your what do you look at? Yeah, and I my my outlook on them honestly is going to be pretty negative. Um, I'm going to have a lot of nitpicky things as we kind of go through this, but overall, I do think they're a a nice addition to a party, and I think they do have the potential to have some really good moments. But I just I feel like you lose a lot within these class features, and it's kind of disappointing to me overall. Well, let's start with that. Let's um, maybe take this in a little different direction. I mean, here we're not necessarily worried so much about how much power does a class have or a a race or whatever, but more like what is the flavor of it. But for a second, let's just talk about, because I'm sure that's what people uh, first come to mind, what, what are those negatives that you see within this class? Well, a lot of what they get can be just as easily, if not better, done by the other classes available in the game. And those other classes aren't going to be giving up their class features in order to do it. Again, I think the... I'm going to accidentally call this thing a bannerman throughout the entire podcast, but uh, the, the banneret, if you're not in Sword Coast here, it does does provide a lot of good thematic abilities through these, but... Uh, As far as power-wise, I just feel like almost every class that players currently have access to will perform better at each of these kind of class abilities, these milestone abilities that they get, and I just feel like it really takes away from the experience a player will have if you already have some of these other people in the party. If you don't, 
I do think that raises their value considerably since they can fill kind of several roles, which makes them kind of unique in their, I guess, the range that they kind of cover with the, the buffs and, and stuff that they can hand out. Yeah, that just goes back to, again, it's more of like a team character. You're not going to have those, as many of those heroic moments where you deal an insane amount of damage to the to the villain or uh, you heal uh, someone that was near the brink of death back to full health. Those things aren't going to be as likely with this class, but you are going to be the person who's maybe sometimes takes on the role that was sometimes given to like the bard or something as kind of like the support uh, character who is keeping all the party members buffed up or at least a lot of them and keeping the enemies at bay at the same time. And I do think a lot of the potential draw to this class can depend on your setting. I mean, obviously it was intended for Sword Coast, but I think it also largely depends on your DM, and we'll kind of jump into that more as we go through their class ability, specifically when we get to their uh, Royal Envoy ability. So, so let's talk about, as a player, why... What what would so this goes more into the positive side of things. What would draw me to this class? And I think we've already talked about if you're a team tactics player, then then obviously that's important. But like flavor wise, maybe getting outside of the tactics area, what's something that's going to draw me to this class? I mean, I do think it hits on just a medieval knight type character, mm-hmm. uh, much better than the other existing fighter archetypes. I, I really wish they would have called this simply Knight or, or Knight Bannerman or something. Uh, I think it would have been a better impression on what you're getting into. But someone who wants to be in the thick of things, but a rallying for the rest of the party. You can kind of be that central pillar in a way holding everything together. Yeah, I think the flavor um, that they kind of present is that with a Purple Dragon Knight, like if one of them is in the party it kind of sets the tone for what the party can and can't do, at least theoretically. Like, they're, they have a code of chivalry that they're supposed to obey, and they have, like, they have standing directives or orders or whatnot that they're supposed to uh, resolve. And so I think that's some cool flavor if you're looking for that, like, I want to play a knight, I'm playing in a fantasy game, I want to play that man in armor, and I don't want to have spells, so I don't want to be a paladin, and I don't want to be a cleric, but I also don't like maybe some of the other fighter classes because they don't have that noble aspect. And I will say, as far as identity, I think they're far more interesting than the champion, though the champion is mechanically strong. It's not typically an interesting character. Yeah to play. It's probably my one of my least favorite archetypes to play. So, what about what about a GM? Uh, you are used to playing stuff straight out of the player's handbook. You don't even have the Sword Coast Guide. Player comes up to you and says, can I play a Purple Dragon Knight? Why should you let them play that? Or is there any reason why not? I do think it can provide some unique story hooks. Again, they are a knight. They, they are tied to somewhere. So, it, it gives them an in at maybe like a court or something, allows you to do maybe more with a political intrigue type game, uh, where you've got things going on in there. The, that kind of ties into the Royal Envoy ability that they've got. Yeah, so again, like I said, I feel like their class abilities are on the weak side, but this is where it really depends on how you as a DM present the game to your players and what opportunities you give them. As a Royal Envoy, these guys are going to get Persuasion, Uh, as a skill they are proficient in, as well as one more typically associated with knights, I believe, like animal handling, insight, intimidation, and performance. So a few things that you may find in a a court-type scenario or as a knight in general. And 
you also get double your proficiency bonus on any checks you make using persuasion. And yep. that's where the role play aspect, that's where the setting can really come in and make this a kind of so-so character to a, a much more fun one to play when you've got opportunities to kind of be the face of the party and, and make decisions and, and yeah, there's have nothing. some interesting moments in like the court or you know just your day-to-day. Yeah, there's nothing like that in champion there's no rp flavor that really makes your character stand out and if you're looking for that if you're playing in a game that's like that then that's going to be great and if you're a gm that's going to be so much more handy than the the champion fighter which this archetype is so often compared to which basically if somebody comes to the table and says i'm a champion fighter you you don't have anything to go off you'd better hope and pray that they have they have fleshed out a, a background or something for you because um, that 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 tells you a whole lot of nothing. And obviously, it depends on the the type of game you like to run. I mean, if it's a dungeon crawler, there's really no reason not to move towards something like that. But if you're playing in a more open setting, uh, I do think, in the defense of this class, it does give you more opportunities and and things to play with. Yeah, um, and all that to say, I think that there is I don't see any reason as long as you are fine with a name change to the class. I don't see any reason why this shouldn't be a perfectly acceptable archetype within your game. You don't have to worry about there being some little tucked in thing that's like really bizarre and strange in their classes. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in this that will potentially break a campaign for you. I feel like this is very easy to slide in and just roll with. Yeah, there's not even anything in there really that's like, oh, as a purple dragon knight you have access to the, the court of what's his what's and you know there's nothing in there that's like actually makes them a specific purple dragon knight it's not an automatic in with anybody that will depend on you as the dm and the player with their background that's something you can work out together cool um so the the next segment i'd kind of like to dive into how can uh, a dm use the purple dragon knight as an npc and i think that there are a couple of different ways to approach this I think the first way, the way that first comes to mind, they have a cool ability that's called Rallying Cry, and then later on, Inspiring Surge. The Rallying Cry, basically, when they use their second wind ability, it heals all their several of their nearby allies for some additional healing. And then um, when they use their Action Surge at later levels, uh, at 10th level on, um, it gives them, it lets other allies around them use their reaction to make another attack. So something that I think would be very interesting to field onto uh, against a party of heroes is if you had several of these maybe hobgoblin knights in the ranks and uh, warlords absolutely call them warlords call them something and if during the middle of the fight they get to do stuff like this I think that there's not a whole lot of monsters in there right now that have any sort of abilities that allow multiple other enemies to make an attack outside of their turn so I think that could be cool the closest is going to be I think the gnolls and volos have it where uh, something to do with the bone gnoll and the normal gnoll if it makes an attack or if it dies or something it can move up and it's like a vengeance strike or, or something, but it's kind of a niche right. ability. Yes, exactly. But especially for these, for races that you d- wouldn't expect it from, that you kind of, uh, maybe your players are used to fighting orcs or gnolls or um, or hobgoblins or even goblins, you can use that with anything. A rallying cry makes sense for just about any race, and uh, that can really throw your players, I think, some really, for a good loop. Um, what's another way that we could use these dragon knights? 
So I actually like them as NPCs best, specifically because I don't feel like they are mechanically incredibly strong. And so what my kind of thought is, if you've got a group that you're running a game for that's below the standard size, so maybe if you're running for a group of one or two people and you want to give them someone else who can kind of help out, maybe add a little bit more to the story, and it'll at the same time allow you to maybe throw some bigger encounters at them because they've got that extra body in there, a few more actions to roll with. I like adding them in as that NPC that travels with them because they can help out, but really all of their abilities, I feel like, are going to make the other characters, your actual players, feel more powerful as they kind of boost them and, and give them more opportunities to, to tackle the enemy. And I like that because... A knight is going to maybe have different motivations than a party would, and so it make it would make a lot of sense for a knight to come in and out as a reoccurring NPC or just a one-and-done NPC, but somebody who isn't going to stick with the party long-term because he's got other things to do. He's got uh, an area of the countryside to, to patrol or whatever it may be. Um, I, do like, I do like that idea of them as a friendly NPC. That's pretty much all I have on these guys. I'm sure some of you out there are happy to tell us that I, or at least me specifically, <laughs> that I have very much misjudged this class, but I, again, I, I feel like I can get just as many interesting things out of some of the other classes, but in the right scenario, if you're missing that rogue, if people aren't really wanting to play a healer, you can fill a lot of niches with this one character and still get a good sense of individuality out of it that I think is a little bit unique. Yeah, um, if any of you guys have played a Purple Dragon Knight and can kind of uh, voice on our page your experience with that class um, and can kind of tell us how it went, uh, that would be really interesting. All right, well, we will catch you guys next time, and uh, let us know what you think. See you later. Mm -hmm.